All right, folks. It is hot. It is bothered. It is sweaty. The sun is shining. The dogs are barking. The birds are chirping. Everything is normal. And what comes with normal is a perfect spiral weekly podcast. Yes, we are back for episode number 15. Can you believe we've been at this now for 15 episodes, which means we've been doing this for about four months now. Good Lord. What? How quickly things become normality. And you know what's also normal? Our Legend series. And we are back at it for the second part of the Legend series today. We are going to the defensive side of the football, and we are going to count down the top 11 cornerbacks to ever play the position. It's going to get raunchy. It's going to get controversial right off the bat. And me and John are going to explain why our rankings are better than anyone else's out there. It's Saturday morning. It is June 5th. Yeah, June 5th. I got that right. It is fucking... I'm psyched. Let's go. Perfect spiral. All right, guys. Well... (laughs) That was one hell of an intro. Joe just wanted me. to jump right into it. I did. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to do anything special. Johnny, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's fucking hot out. It is hot. It's very hot. <laughs> I woke it, up. I went outside. I'm like, I'm sitting outside for three seconds. I'm I'm melting. Yeah, it's just it's brutal out today. Uh, the uh, the sun has come to New York, and we just got actually past a really bad week of rain. Oh, it was terrible. Oh rain my yesterday was so bad. God. So and now this weekend's going to be ninety plus. I wish we would have had this last weekend for Memorial Day when everybody was scheduling their barbecues, but now we have it this week, which is fine because I have a date with a pool after this is over. So I'm totally cool oh, with that. Nice big date with the pool today. You know, she's going to rub my back. I'm going to rub hers. You know, make sure you put some sunscreen on. Uh, I, Lotion, you know, whatever, whatever floats her the, boat. The Crisco I'll, oil, yeah, what, whatever floats her <laughs> boat. I'm there for. It's the only person that Hannah allows me to cheat with is the pool. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, a little shout out, pool. Le- lady luck, <laughs> lady luck. But we are here today to discuss not lady luck and not the pool and not the summer breezes. We are here to discuss the NFL. And John, I'm going to stick to my word. Football is 24-7, 365. It really is. It is. I mean, we got Julio going on right now in the NFL. Who's going who's gonna to land Julio? We got rookies signing their rookie contracts, you know, uh, as things. Joke just signed his with the Browns yesterday. Love that, man. Um, but, but, if there was a lull in the NFL season, this is it, my friend. Oh, yeah. It this, really is. This is it. We have we have come to the the hard stop in the in the NFL news cycle, um, but we knew that. Of course, we were, is, which, we were prepared, which is why we are now doing this legend series. I want to thank everybody who listened to the first episode of the wide receivers. Um, if you followed on Twitter, we were doing a countdown up until the release of this episode. So we will be doing the same thing next week. We'll be counting down the, on the podcast at uh, cornerbacks 11 to one. We'll be doing about one a day, maybe two a day. And then as we'll get to number one right before we do the last podcast. John, you had a week to think over the wide receivers. What did you think about our list? 
I thought it was great. I loved what we did with the Twitter. I thought that was nice, you know, like counting down, like with the little gifts. Right. That was great. <laughs> Joe, very good. Gold star. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was fun. I think, um, I think our rankings are really good. Yeah. I, I think. I, and, uh, you know, it's funny because, um, doing our rankings, I was expecting something similar with the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen at all. No, it was, it was kind of surprising. It was a little surprising. Um, you know, but, uh, we, we stuck to our guns. And after doing a little bit of research, um, made a little bit of sense. Yeah. Uh, before we go into that, I just want to remind everybody, if you uh, you listen to us on Apple or Spotify or Google or Pandora or any other place you get your podcasts, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and download to our podcast. We want you to listen to us. We want to hear from you. This is a big community. Podcast community is very large. It's getting larger every day. We want you to be a part of our community. So make sure that you go and take care of us. You scratch our back. We'll scratch yours in more episodes. So that being said, let us get into it. One thing I do want to say is, so NFL, a couple things I noticed when I was doing the raw scores for these cornerbacks is that a lot of these older players, right? So there are a couple of fields that, did you know that tackles, the tackle stat was not recorded until about the 1980s? Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. So, like, we were looking up players that were in, like, the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. like Night Train Lane and all these other guys. And I had to come up with a system, like an aggregate number, because it was forced fumbles, passes defended, and tackles that were not recorded out in the early days. Passes defended wasn't a stat till 1998. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Was not a stat until 1998. So, uh, what I did is I took the average of what the number was from the players that did have those stats available to them. Okay. And whatever the average number was between those three categories, I gave that number to the players that didn't have it as like an add in. So, everybody could be on the same scale. I thought that was the only fair way to do it. So Joe, Joe is very much the math guy with this podcast. He is very much the math. Well, somebody's got to be, somebody's got to be the smart guy, you know, <laughs> John has the looks and I have the brains. It's okay. That's how we, it's how we deal with it. Ask John about his love life. I'm sure he'd love to tell you about it. <laughs> so we got, we were able to do 26 cornerbacks that, um, that fell in our lap. And um, it got a little, it got, a, it was much tighter than the wide receiver position, I believe. Yeah. Like the first and second spot were separated by five and a half points. So that was pretty close. Um, and those two had a little bit of a jump between uh, spot number three. And then when you get to spot number three, there were uh, only 18 points that separated between three and 10. Yeah, very close. Very close. And then 11 was, you know, so I wrote when I sent you the list, 11 and 12 were actually tied at at a number, but they were tied. They were not tied to like a tenth of a point. Mm -hmm. So one of those players got the nod over the other one due to that tenth of a point. Which we'll get to that. Which we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) So the way we're going to do is we're going to do it as last week. John will take care of the odd numbered players and I'll take care of the even numbered players. 
and we'll kind of just go through each one and we'll see how everything goes. Guys that were on our list that did not make the cut were guys like Patrick Peterson, Albert Lewis, Dick LeBeau, Roger Worley, um, Lem Barney, Jimmy Johnson, Darrell Revis. Sorry, Jet fans, did not make the cut. Um, did not play on enough winning teams. Night Train Lane did not make the list, unfortunately. Lester Hayes, very good player. Aeneas Williams, who actually surprised. Um, and we'll leave it there, and then we're going to get to some guys who just missed yeah. uh, a little bit later on. A few notable names there. A few notable names, uh, you know, a couple of older guys, and then uh, one player who's actually current yeah. uh, and still playing. Um, but that being said, John. Are you ready to shake the cage right now with our Let's number go. 11 guy? Let's get we're, right into we're it. Gonna, we're going to shake the cage right now. We're talking about controversial. We're talking about how could you, John, how in the world could Deion Sanders be number 11? Comes in at number 11 with a raw score of 90. Unbelievable. Um, I was shocked. I texted you and I was like, oh my God, John, Dion might be falling out of this top 11. Yeah, which, and, and it's funny when you sent me that because I, first of all, I was like, no, I, I think I sent you a text saying no fucking way. Yeah. Um, because by a lot of accounts, he is considered probably the greatest cornerback of all time. But there is a but with him. A huge but that nobody wants to talk about. He is not a good tackler. He, not the 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 fact that you say good and tackle in the same sentence, Deion Sanders, is even a it, it, that's too much. He's an awful tackler. Yeah, awful. Um, Dion, he had the sorry to control. He had the lowest tackle numbers of any of the twenty six people that we ranked. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it was bad. And and when we get to like other players, we'll we're gonna actually revisit Dion. Um, when I get to somebody else, but um, let's go through Dion's numbers really quick. So Dion was a He's obviously a Hall of Famer. Right. He is a eight-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, and uh, a 1994 Defensive Player of the Year. See, it's funny. Like when you look at his, and I don't know if you're gonna, you, you're, I'm sure you're gonna give us stats. His stats aren't like eye popping. Like his actual stats aren't eye popping. Yeah, he, there was a lot of consistency with him. But you know what it is about Dion that I feel like I feel like Dion was more of a show. Well, he was also a great punt, punt and kick returner. Yeah, he was he was a great punt and kick returner. He is not the best punt and kick returner in his like in this group, I think. I think there is somebody better. Really? Um, but he uh he was more of a show. He, he, you know, he wanted to play baseball. He, he did like a bunch of different things, you know, prime time, you know, like a lot of people remember him for that in those Cowboys teams, right? Well, he was on the Falcons for about 5 or 6 years. Yeah. Uh and he made them relevant for like a year or two. And then I think he went to San Francisco yes. first Three for one year. Pro years, yeah. He went to San Francisco first for one year. They won the Super Bowl title, and then he went to Dallas. Yes, and and that's where he was a three time All Pro at Dallas too. Right. Um. And you just remember. I mean, obviously, there's so many legendary things with him as far as like highlights go. Um. But it's crazy that he comes in at number eleven on yeah. Our, listen, on our, our he's board. a ball, he was a ball hawk. Of course, uh, he wanted the ball in his hands all the time. But folks. Let's just make one thing clear, okay? I'm Could not tackle for shit. He, we are ranking the top 11 cornerbacks to ever play the game. That means, you know, coverage, interceptions, you know. Sacks. If it's there, sure, sacks, right? He had one sack in his entire career. Right. Uh, and ta- tackling's a big part of being a cornerback, right? Like, you know. 254 many, solo tackles. How many in his career? In his career, 512 with assists. Wow. But they also didn't account um, 
from 1989 to 1993, they didn't count solo tackles. They only counted uh, combos. Well, so, I mean, I mean, listen, still. regardless, that's low compared to the other guys on our list. Yes. That's very low. low. Mm-hmm. I believe one of the guys on our list had over 2,500 career tackles. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And I don't think it's much of that Dion couldn't tackle. It was more that Dion didn't want to tackle. He was good at he was good at one thing. He was good at being, he excelled at it. He excelled at being a ball hawk. Like he he like knew Marcus what, Peters. Yes, exactly. Excelled at being a ball hawk, and he knew that that's what he was good at. So he just kind of stuck to it. And listen, he you know? won. He got all pros out of it. He won Super Bowls out of it. He's an all time great player. Of course. I just think when it comes to the cornerback position, and it comes to okay, if I could pick two guys starting for me cornerback in one game. Who do I want, right? Like, mm-hmm. we see it today, right? Jalen Ramsey was not included in our all-time greats list, and maybe when his career is over, he will be. Of course. But you look at Jalen Ramsey, and I do you know how many times I see Ramsey play off the ball on third down, like six, seven, when it's like third and nine, right? He'll play five yards off the ball, and he'll let the receiver catch the ball at like the, at like at the line of scrimmage. Because he knows he's going to tackle him before he gets to the first down marker. And you know how many times Jalen Ramsey has blasted a guy? Right. Dion never did that. He can't do that. He either can't or he didn't want to. And I'm sorry, when I'm picking cornerbacks from a lineup and there are guys that I want, I need guys who are going to be able to tackle. Of course. So I'm not taking Dion. I could find a, I could find a Dante Hall somewhere else. I could find a Devin Hester. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And listen... Cornerbacks, their number one job is not to get interceptions. It's to make sure that their receiver doesn't catch the football. Yeah. So, and he, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because you look like going through this and seeing him come in at 11, it's, and, and seeing exactly what coming at 11. Nobody wants to talk about it. With coming at, coming at 11, like by a, by a mile, like the next number 10 was 108.5. Yeah. Like, we're talking 18 and a half points higher. So it's not like everybody else's stats were so much better than Dion's were. Like yeah. his career statistics were so much lower than everybody else's. Exactly. So Dion Sanders, number 11. Come at us at Perfect Spiral <laughs> at PSP pod. Hit me up. I will go to bat with you right now. I will. I will. I will. We will we will war and this is and this is a before we get to number 10 who is a, a fantastic player um this is why we did our raw score raw score and you would think like with like you said with with the wide receivers oh, right it's just gonna he's just gonna be at the top but listen this is our algorithm this is how we this is how we grade it yeah. you know and another thing too is when it comes to players winning is part of our score right mm-hmm. winning is part of our score so that's a, that really is really the main reason why Darrell Rivas didn't make our list. He didn't play on a lot of winning teams. And people always say, well, that's bullshit. You know, it's not he's not the only guy on the team. Right. He's not the only guy on the team. But as we said with the wide receivers last week, if you're truly the greatest at your position, mm-hmm. then you impact games to a point where you win for your team. There's a lot of corners that missed the cut, man. Corner was deeper than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I know. Corner it really, really, really was. So let's head out to number 10, right? I wish we had like a, like a, 
like you know, like the NFL when they do that kind of have like that like that prison bar thing. They're like, yeah, Hum! like yeah, you know, number ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so at number ten, we got. Oh, my thing just went. <laughs> the champ is here. The champ is here. Champ Bailey coming in at number ten. A member of the uh, Washington, formerly known Washington Redskins, and the Denver Broncos in his career. Um, and Champ played for a long time. Actually. Very long time. Very long time. He was probably the best cornerback of our generation growing up. John. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, no. Um, who didn't know who Champ Bailey was? So Champ uh, is uh, recently in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was a 12-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, and was part of the uh, All-2000s team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Champ, let me get his stats up here so I could just explain to you how we're doing this. Oh, what happened to Champ's stats? Um, oh, here we go. Why is this? This has to go away. There we go. Um, so Champ had 52 career interceptions. Uh, he had... Four, nine career touchdowns. And I thought that doing these touchdown things was going to be a lot higher. A lot of them were pretty low, you know, considering yeah. uh, how many we, you know, I think we take for account that defensive players don't score as much as like we think they do. No. Yeah, definitely not. They definitely, definitely don't. Um, but see, this is the, this is a, this is a pure difference right here. Champ Bailey had in his career. Okay. Um, 832 solo tackles. He had 931 combined tackles. And with uh, assisted tackles and tackles for loss, we're talking about over 1,200 career tackles. And yep. that's a huge difference between those two guys. And, you know, uh, he was not a crazy ball hawk. But if you look at the passes defended, my goodness, this is just... One year, he had 24 passes defended. I believe he's the only player on our list to have one, two, to have more than two <clears throat> years where he defended 20 or more passes. He had three. Led the league um, in 2002 with 24 passes defended. In 2005 with Denver, he had 23. And in 2006, he had 21. So those were his, that was his consistent. heyday. Very, very consistent. He played for 15 years, started his career in Washington, played for five years, was an all-pro uh, was it was a Pro Bowler from the year 2000. So his second year in the league, all the way through his 14th year in the league, he was a Pro Bowler every year. Yeah, every single year. But it's not until he went to Denver because you remember Washington was not very good in those early years no. when he was there. So he wasn't really recognized well as a um, as like a great corner. You know, can I just it's, say something really quick? Sure, to cut you off. Yeah, I didn't. When we started, we were going through these, and I actually looked at Champ Bailey's numbers. I didn't know he played for Washington. Really? Because I was just so I was so used to seeing him in a Denver uniform. Right. I didn't know that. He I remember in I, he started his career at Washington. Yeah, number twenty four. So I was like kind of surprised. I'm like, he played for a team other than Denver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like super weird to me. No, he. But he didn't get recognition, like national recognition, really, until he went to Denver. His first three years in Denver was where he um, was where he got his All Pro years. And listen to this 2006 year, right? He led the league in interceptions. He had ten picks, scored once, 
had 21 passes defended, as we mentioned, had over 160 tackles that season. I mean, just at the top of, top of your game. And even in his last year, uh, well, his last full year, he didn't really play Denver. His last full year, he still had two picks, um, eight passes defended. He had over 120 tackles in his second to last year. In at the 34. At 34 years old. Sad, though, just, that final year. Yeah. I mean, listen, he, yeah, he, they went, they went, that's the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? Lost to Seattle. He had his chance in the Super Bowl, and they got absolutely destroyed by the yeah. Seahawks. But he, I don't think he played. Uh, I don't know. He definitely wasn't starting, I'll tell you that much. No. Um, but deservedly so, Champ went into the Hall of Fame quite recently. Uh, he only played in, um, Two, three, five, seven, uh, 11 career playoff games. Um, and really before 2013 was the years he actually competed uh, in those games. Um, he did have one. Uh, he he had a pick for 100 yards in the playoffs in 2005, but he didn't score. Believe that? I couldn't yeah. believe that I just read that. But anyway, that's pretty cool. Chant Bailey coming in at number 10. Probably our most consistent corner over the course of his career. Uh, and now, with Dion and Champ off the board, I feel like we're doing like a backyard school, like pick them, right? <laughs> These are the first two guys that, you know. Uh, John, we're going back a little bit for number nine, right? Well, Is that correct? Way back. We're going way back. Way, way back. Um, we don't, we're not just a current podcast here. No. We are NFL through and through. We went We went through everybody. We went through everybody. Um, Coming in, coming in at number nine. Um, with actually, he was separated by 0.5 with Champ Bailey. Amazing. Um, number nine is Willie Brown with a raw score of 109. Um, Willie Brown is an, is, is one of the old timers, man. He played back in the sixties and seventies. Um, an absolute ball hawk for his time, um, dominated his division. They were, they were petrified of him. I was watching this little video about um about Willie Brown and I forgot who was talking. One of Willie the Brown. one of the old time players in that division and Willie Brown would just talk so much shit to them. He's like, "It's gonna be like this for years." Really? Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna end you every single time, and it's gonna be like this for years. Willie Brown. Um, do you interesting. know do you, Willie Brown? What he played for? He played for Oakland. He did. He played for Oakland. Um, he sealed the Super Bowl win for them. So he was in. He was part of those seventies teams. Right? Yes, he was part of those seventies teams. So let me just go through really quick before I get to the other stuff about him. Um, obviously, a Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champ, and one-time AFL champ. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So he actually sealed the Super Bowl for them by uh, it was like a pick six they brought back to the house and just I think it was like it, it ended the game. And that goes back to my point before. Guys who make impact plays for their team, and this guy did it to win a Super Bowl. He did, and you know what's crazy is he's not even the only one that that's done it in our top ten. Really? There's there's another guy that that was that was very good at this. Oh, Johnny did his homework. Uh, here. I did. I did my homework <laughs> this week. Um, Willie Brown was an absolute game wrecker. He was all over the place. I mean, there was times where they were throwing the ball against. It was like against the Chargers. Um, there was one one play where. I guess the quarterback. I I I don't know crazy names like this. Seventies, maybe Dan Fouts. I don't know. It could have been. He threw the ball into like there was. I guess it was like two receivers in the area. And Willie Brown literally jumped over this guy's head and caught the ball, picked them off. So he mossed them before he, mossing he, was a thing. Yes, he mossed them in a seventy. So really quick, I'm going to go through Willie Brown's numbers. Um, fifty four interceptions for his career. Um, 
two touchdowns only his entire career. See, that's what I'm saying. It was wild that we didn't know that. Yeah, he played a long time. He played uh, 16 years. All with the same team? No, he played okay. uh, four years in Denver, and then the rest was with Oakland. Um, and he's one of those guys where uh, you you had to like get the number because it's not actually – Tackles. Right, one. right, right, right. Um, but from what I could tell in the video, he was an absolute game wrecker. Listen, I will say this, and we said it before. We mentioned it on our podcast, I think, on wide receivers, right? Yeah, because, uh, with Fred Boletnikoff. Those Raiders teams of the 70s were, were nasty. Oh, yeah. They were nasty. And they were mean, and they were just like... They didn't give a fuck. No, they were guys you just didn't want to play. And think about all these guys we're mentioning, right? Willie Brown now, um, Fred Bolitnikoff, we mentioned last week. Guys that, you know, these teams were so good. And they were good because they had so many great players on their roster. We mentioned last week, and I'll say it again, those Raiders teams did not have a losing record no. in the 70s. No, absolute dominance. Not once. If you were to take a small NFL fan today, like a 10-year-old kid, Who's like in love with like the Raiders or whatever? And you just say, "Hey, man, I just want you to know that like the team you root for, they were they were like the kings of football, and they really weren't, right? I say the kings of football. They never had a losing record in the seventies. There were three teams like that in the seventies, right? And unfortunately, and this is always going to be the story of the Raiders, they were the second best team in their conference all the time." Mm-hmm. To the Steelers in the seventies, yeah, the Steelers won four Super Bowl titles in the seventies. The Raiders won once. That's it. And you know, unfortunately, I feel like that's always going to be a thing that happens um, when we talk about the history of the game and the greatest teams in the history of the game. Is those seventies Raiders teams are going to be forgotten because the seventies was absolutely. Uh, and unequivocally owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but I'm glad that we're highlighting these guys mm-hmm. like Willie Brown and Fred Bolitnikoff. And I'm sure there's others. Oh, there, there'll be more when we, as we go through um, that, you know, highlight these great seventies Raiders teams, but Willie Brown, uh, John, you said you watch, you watch the videos. I, I, he sounds like a guy that would be able to play in today's NFL. He could, he he's, he was an absolute beast. Like, he's all over the field. Like, and that's all he wanted to do was just wreck the game. And, like, that, again, not like we keep shitting on Deion Sanders, but this is, again, this is why he is where he is. Yeah. Like these, these guys were complete players. Yes, absolutely you know? complete players. So let's <laughs> head on to number eight, and then we'll take a quick break. So talk about controversial. The guy that comes in at number eight. Very surprising. You were very, very surprised. Very surprising. He's not in the Hall of Fame. And it's not that he's not in the Hall of Fame because, like, he just retired and, like, he's waiting for his turn, like Reggie Wayne is. Mm -hmm. This guy's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, ever. No, I don't think so either. And, you know, based off his career numbers, and I think it has a lot to do with the defense he played for. Because he was an afterthought on the defense he played for, and he shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And coming in at number eight is Rondé Barber of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that name may shock a lot of people, but Rondé Barber was fantastic. He was. What was his raw score, Joe? 112, right? Rondé Barber's raw score was 112. Yeah. 112 for Rondé Barber. 
Rondé Barber played from 1997 to 2012, all with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Never left the Tampa Bay area. Okay. Tam- uh, Rondé is a five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, a Super Bowl champion with the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I mentioned that team had uh, Derek Brooks. That team had Warren Sapp. Uh, so the two Hall of Famers right there mm-hmm. on the roster that were part of that. Am- talk about amazing defensive teams. My God, that Tampa Bay Bucks defense was yes. insane. Very good. Oh, my God. I'll never forget the playoff game they played against the Rams in 2002. And I believe they won 15 to 6. And it was just, it was, it was towards the tail end of the Rams, like greatest show on turf years. Yeah. And, but it was like their one last like hoopla, right? It was, it was, they had just lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots the Mm. year after, the year before. Okay. And they were back in the Super Bowl again. They were back in the playoffs again and they played Tampa. And, as you, I don't know if you remember, but Tampa was not known for their offense, right? Brad Johnson was their quarterback. Yeah. They, Mike Allstott was their running back, who was more of a fullback, really, you know? And they didn't have a lot of great players on offense. They were, they were much like the 2000 Ravens, much like those uh, 2009, 2010 Jet teams that, didn't, that came up just short. They were anchored, truly anchored by their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll even throw in my 2017 Jaguars, right? Truly anchored by their defense. And this team went out there and they absolutely slaughtered the Rams offensively. Nothing. They couldn't do anything, the Rams that game. They went into the Super Bowl. Um, they beat the Oakland Raiders in, 2002, in the 2002 Super Bowl by a score of 48 to 24. Dexter Jackson getting that, when you say game ceiling, but the game was already over. But he had a pick six to end the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that because my uncle had won four in the pool <laughs> and he was about to win. And then Dexter Jackson took a pick six to the house to make it 48, 24. Joe was like a fucking encyclopedia. Lost all that money. I, I just <laughs> useless, in, useless, useless information. Um, but let us get to Rondé Barber statistics. I mentioned he was a five time pro bowler, a three time all pro, a one time Super Bowl champ. He had 47 career interceptions. So only five less than champ Bailey in his career. Um, but Rondé Barber did get to the end zone. Uh, 12 times over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more currently than any other player on our list. Um, he was very good at uh, defending the pass. Uh, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11 years, including his last season where he defended 10 passes or more. So uh, very good there. And here's where I think, talk about a complete player, uh, had over uh, 1,400 tackles in his career. Insane. And Joe, I just want to say this really quick because this is eye popping. Sure. From 2000 to 2012, he played every single game. Yeah. Never uh, missed a game. Model of consistency. Literally an Iron Man. So, I, 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 guy never got hurt. He was an impact player. 28 sacks in his career. um, So, John, let me ask you. Why is Rondé Barber not in the Hall of Fame? I, you look at his numbers and you're kind of like you kind your your head scratching. They're very similar to Champ Bailey's, are they not? Yeah, and and at some spots they're better. I mean, twenty eight sacks, the a complete player, right? Um, so why is he not in the Hall of Fame? 
I don't I don't know, man. It, this this is one of those things where it's a lot of guys that just. I never would have thought Rondé Barber would have been on this list before doing this. No, and you were you were surprised. But you know what? I remember growing up seeing a ton of Rondé Barber jerseys. You know, like he was a, he was a household name. No, he was very good. You know, he was I, very good. He was probably the top five at his position during. I mean, obviously, according to our list, yeah. he's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he might have just been one of those guys that's been forgotten in the shuffle. You know. You know, it's funny when Jose's listening to this podcast, he's going to be like crying of tears of happiness when he listens to this. Yeah. About Ronde Barber. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, that's my, that's my cornerback. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Ronde Barber coming in at number eight, I think, is something that uh, may surprise a lot of people. So we've gone 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. We've done four so far and already given two jaw droppers, John. So mm-hmm. way more. Uh, way more savagery than we did last week. That's for certain. But we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to do seven through four on our cornerback countdown. We are back, PSB. Hey, y'all. Spencer Blinn, the producer for Perfect Spiral Podcast. And you're listening to my band, Hollow Choir's new song, What You Want. Available now on Spotify. What you want. And folks, we are back here with our uh well it's an overall one segment, but our, our we had a little we had a little pee break. Okay, no, I went to go get a drink of water, <laughs> and then we're coming back to do number seven through four. So if you're just catching us right now, or if you forgot, or whatever the case may be, so far we have Deion Sanders at eleven, Champ Bailey at ten. Willie Brown at nine and Rondé Barber coming in at number eight. And I am going to turn the microphone back over to John because he has got lucky number seven waiting in the wings. So number seven on our PSP legends cornerback list is Daryl Green. Daryl Green. With a raw score of 112.5. Half a point higher than Rondé Barber. Half a point higher than Rondé Barber. So this was actually a fun guy to to research a little bit. Okay. Um, so one of the coolest things about him, before I get to his numbers, is that there was this weird competition back in the day where athletes competed in like almost like a triathlon. So they would do they would run um a field, a football field with helmet and shoulder pads on. They would run the bases on a baseball field. Okay. And they would do a track and field competition. Interesting. And Daryl Green crushed everybody. <laughs> So Daryl Green might be the fastest player in NFL history. That's a bold take there. There sir. is an argument that he is the fastest player in NFL history. A small man, only 5'8. Right. Um, but So def- he definitely got the speed thing knocked down because he's smaller. Smaller yes. guys are faster, right? And he definitely but you know what? For somebody that's five eight, because like you look now and you're like a five eight corner, eh, it's tough. You're going against wide receivers, six five, six four, you're gonna struggle. Daryl Green never struggled. Daryl Green was all over the ball. He he made his presence known. So a couple of things. Let me go through Daryl Green's stats. He's obviously a Hall of Famer, a seven-time All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler, a one-time All-Pro, and a two-time Super Bowl champ. Huge part of those Redskins teams. Yes. Um. So 54 interceptions throughout his career. He, wow. He played from when he was 23 to 42. So he played a long-ass yes. time. All with the same team. He missed a lot of games here and there. Um. He had a That's a testament to him though. Yes. He he did he was always he was always available. Towards the end of his career, he's more of like a, a, a rotation guy. You're right. Um he had six touchdowns in his career. 
he had over from so half of his years solo tackles weren't counted, but he had over like thirteen hundred tackles. Before they started counting the stat. No, it's like total. So like it's saying combo stat and solo. So we have three hundred and ninety um tackles from when they started counting them from ninety four to two thousand and two. But that was very much the tail end of his career. Um he had one sack in his his career, which is one sack in his entire Um, career. So a couple of notes about Daryl Green. Um let me go let me go to my notes. Um very fast. Um I put I put one of the fastest players all time. Very, very fast. (laughs) Well Uh, he's fast. Very fast. Um he had he was not a punt returner. So okay an interesting thing about Daryl Green. The 1987 Super Bowl. Okay. It was a tight game against the Chicago Bears. Wait. No. No. Who were they playing against in 1987? Fuck. Was it? My encyclopedia mind is not coming to uh, fruition. All right. While, you, while you're getting that up. Right. So it was a tight game in, in the Super Bowl. And I want to say the Denver Broncos, but I don't know for sure. You might be right. So they ended up, uh, they needed a spark. So what they did was they put him in at punt returner. Now, you would think 5'8 corner would have always been a punt returner. He actually was not. He primarily played the cornerback position and they end up putting him in a punt returner and he's just absolutely electric. Shakes off two, three tackles. It was 1988. 19, oh, 19, and it was the Broncos. It was, okay, there you go. <laughs> so he takes the punt return back to the house for the touchdown and actually like wins them the Super Bowl. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys did that, right? So like we're talking about how like a lot of these cornerbacks are like game breakers. They sealed the soup. They sealed Super Bowls and he's still not the only one. Um, but he was just an absolute spark, man. He was all over the ball. He punched the ball out. Like he was, he was a fun player to watch. Like when I was watching some highlights on him and like watching and doing research, he was just fun, man. He seems like a fun guy the way you're describing him. But do you, did you read into what, led them to put him in at punt returner during that game. That's kind of wild that they would just on a whim decide that. Well, because he, they knew that they needed, they didn't, I guess they didn't have somebody at that, at that position that could give them that spark. And I think the Super Bowl you're talking about mm-hmm. is not 1988 only because I say that and they beat the Denver Broncos 42 to 10 that year. That year. Okay. Then maybe the Super Bowl you're talking about, I think is against the Bills in 1992. They won 37 to 24. Then, yeah, it might have been. So it that's been probably the Super Bowl yeah, you're It might have been against the Bills. Right. But. Um, Fun player, man. I mean. <laughs> it's just. He's just. He's just fast. He's just fast. If you're I not mean, first, you're last. You know, yeah, in the famous like, words of Ricky Bobby. That that weird competition really was like. It really like brought you over the top, huh? Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is a thing. And everybody's just like, yeah, he smoked us. It wasn't even close. Really? It wasn't even close. Did he go up against other NFL players? It was like I think it was other NFL players and like other athletes. Okay. It was like a it was it was like a televised triathlon. Really? It was like for charity or something? No, it was just like this competition that they tried to do. It's so like what DK Metcalf did, but like with everything involved. Well, well yeah, I mean DK, and DK Metcalf, Metcalf got smoked. Fed. Yeah, he got smoked. Everybody's thinking DK Metcalf's face came in like eleventh. Yeah, he got smoked. He was trying to be Daryl Green. He's trying to be <laughs> Daryl Green. <laughs> All right, so Daryl Green coming in at number seven. Uh, number six, we are going to turn back the clock a little bit here, folks. And we are going to go to a player who, if you are a football, if you like football, you should know who this player is. His name is Herb Adderley. And Herb Adderley played defensive back for two of the greatest franchises during their uh, decades. Um, and that would be the Green Bay Packers in the 1960s 
and the Dallas Cowboys in the 1970s. So Darryl, uh, Herb Adderley uh, was very much uh, a Super Bowl uh, aficionado by the time his career ended. Uh, so let me give you, um, listen to this stat, okay? Herb Adderley, Hall of Fame, five-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro. Now, you ready for this? He's a three-time Super Bowl champion and a five-time NFL champion. So Herb Adderley played 12 years, and he won the NFL championship for eight of those 12 years he played in the league. It's like Bill Russell. <laughs> eight of the 12 years. Now, again, he's one of those guys where a lot of these stats are not uh, conducted, but Herb Adderley had 48 career interceptions, had um, had eight career touchdowns, uh, you know, and um, over the course of his career, he was somebody who played, he played in, listen to this, so they don't count playoff games, but he won a title in 61, 62, 65, 66, 67, 71, and 72. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just was looking at that. Are you serious? <laughs> That's insane. My, my God. He only played, and he only played 12 years. Right. He only played 12 years. And every, and, you know, he he made his mark on, um, in 1967, he had two interceptions uh, in those playoffs and scored a touchdown. Um, he was not somebody who, uh, frankly, he was not somebody to be messed with. In the 1960s and 1970s, um, he was part of those fantastic. He was drafted in the first round of the 1961 NFL draft. He was on the night, the all 1960s team in the NFL. Uh, and he was actually drafted um, by the New York Titans. Ready for this? Okay. He was drafted by the New York Titans, which would become the New York Jets, in the AFL draft. Of 1961, right? So this is this is this is like just jet torture, right? <laughs> so he was drafted in 1961 of the AFL draft by the New York Titans, which would become the New York Jets. He was also drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the 1961 NFL draft, and he decided <laughs> to go play for the Packers instead of the Jets. That is, jet he torture. said, "Let me go to the NFL instead of the AFL." And he ended up becoming this, uh, he not becoming, he was this otherworldly talent. Yeah. Very and good player. He, and, you know, it's just, it's, it, it, it's funny. I think it's a little funny. Um, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1980. He actually just recently died. Yeah. Uh, in October of this past year. Um, so Herb Adderley coming in at number six. Six. At number six, player of the 1960s and early 1970s. With those, so he played with some pretty good quarterbacks. He played with Bart Starr, mm-hmm. played with Roger Staubach. You know, he played with, uh, you know, I think we another couple of other players. He played with those those great seventies Cowboys teams early on. They won two Super Bowl. Was two Super Bowl? No, one in those three years he played with Dallas. But um, just a really, really, really phenomenal player um, over the course of his career. Herb Adderley coming in at number six. All right, so coming in at number five. So the. I'm just going to preface this by saying it it was hard to kind of find stuff on this guy for some reason. Okay. I I couldn't, it it was very weird. I I like, I was looking, looking him up and I I couldn't really find anything. Um, So number five on our list is Mel Renfro with a raw score of 122. 
another great cowboy corner. And he was part of those 1970s Cowboys yes, teams, right? Yes, he was another one of those 1970s Cowboys teams. Um, he played with Dallas his entire career. Um, he's a Hall of Famer, 10-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. 10-time Pro Bowler? 10-time Pro Bowler. So he's wow. up there on the on the amount of Pro Bowls for a corner. Wow. That's, for sure. That's impressive. Very impressive. Um, 52 interceptions in his career. Uh, three touchdowns. Uh, he's another guy where tackles weren't right. counted. Um, but another major staple on that those Cowboys teams, those seventies Cowboys teams. I mean, you think about you think about guys that you know that were able to, and you know, it's funny when I was looking at lists of people who to include in our initial like scan mm-hmm. of corners. Mel Renfro was on every single one. Yeah, and everything I was reading on Mel Renfro was. Uh, great cover corner, somebody who uh, was 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 mean and, uh, you know, uh, great tackler. Like, and you could just tell, just from those small descriptions, you could just tell he was the complete package. You know, even if there wasn't any, and any, if there's not a lot of footage on him, you know, and it's funny because a lot of those teams uh, in the 70s, they ran the ball a lot, right? Yeah. That was like the heyday of running the football. And when quarterbacks drop back to pass, they kind of went for it all, right? And so for Mel Renfro to not have a lot of opportunities to make interceptions and still have 52 at the end of his career, which is currently tied for the most interceptions on our list so far, mm-hmm. I think that's saying something. Yeah. I think that's saying something. Um, when I was looking at him, I believe you know he won number 47. Uh, so I think, you know, I don't know if that's a retired number by the Dallas Cowboys, but, Should uh, Mel Renfro, um, you know, another member of that, the, a lot of, you know, uh, we talk, we keep talking about this and I, I was going to bring this up a little later, but I'll bring it up now. The seventies seem like a big, there's a lot of great players in the NFL, in the NFL in the 1970s. A lot of great players. Like more than I could, more than I could count. Like, mm-hmm. The 1970s seemed to be the golden age of like wide, not what I want to say wide receivers and cornerbacks, but they seemed to be the golden age of like, you know, a lot of different positions. Well, it, it was just, it was basically the renaissance in the NFL. So when you look at that period of time, they transitioned from the AFL and had the merger, right? AFL to NFL was like 1965. So it's like, you know, but still pretty new. Yeah. So like a lot of these players got a lot more exposure because they were on a grander scale, right? I mean, it's weird now. Like, you know, we don't think 60s and 70s players are going to be that high up on the list, but their numbers are just so eye-popping. Absolutely. You know, the game is always going to be played the same, right? Every, every what, maybe 10, 15 years, I would say maybe every 10 years, maybe every five years now, the game changes, Right. But right. you can't take away from what they've done. The, the object you know? of the game is still the same. Yes. Right? You have to score the most points to you know in 60 minutes to win the football game. And, you know, there are still teams today, like the Tennessee Titans, who want to run the football. They want to win games that way. Right? Mm. Then you have teams like the Chiefs, who want to drop back a pass ball 50 times. They want to win, and they, and they want to win that way. Right? In the 70s, everybody used the same philosophy. Yeah. Right? You ran the football, you know... That's how you were going to win. And when you wanted to make a splash, you drop back and pass. Mm-hmm. Right. And my point is because these defensive players opportunities were so limited, these corners that when I haven't spoken about this yet, these older corners needed to be 
good at tackling. Yes. And they needed to be good in stopping the run. Very if good. they weren't good at stopping the run, they were not a part of the football team. And to me, that's like something that you can't you can't count for that with stats. That's something that you, you know, as a common knowledge football fan, you need to know that these guys in, you know, uh from the 60s and 70s and even the 80s, they needed to be able to stop the run. Now, necessarily today, you don't need to stop be able. If you're a good cornerback, if you're good at cover corner, if you're good at kicking the ball off, if you're like, you know, you don't need to be necessarily a good at, you know, like Deion Sanders would love playing in today's NFL. Oh, he'd probably have 10 interceptions a year. Right? You'd love seeing today because you don't, as a corner, it's not like. It's all fucking error rate. If, if, you, if you can't tackle very well, it's like, all right, well, we get away with that. Yeah. You know, back in those days, if you couldn't tackle. Bye. No, See you and later. The, and these guys are playing up on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, absolutely. These guys, these guys are they're in your face. You know, it's and a it's, it was a different game back then. And and, and I'm you. glad that they make our list. So we're gonna add, we're gonna do one more guy uh before we take our second break and do our top three. Um Did you wanna before we uh go into the next guy, do you wanna go into the notables that just missed? Oh, good point. I thought I had about the notables. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple there was a couple in there that just missed the list. So yes, yeah, so uh, a couple that just missed the list. Um we have Emlyn Tunnel, who is actually the person who really tied with Deion Sanders, but came about two tenths of a point short of making our two list. Two tenths of a point. Tunnel played in the 1940s and 1950s. Wow. Um, so he was somebody who there was not a lot of detail on, but you know, based off what we saw, he was it, obviously he's pretty good. And then um, we have Emmett Thomas and Mike Haynes. Coming in at number 13 and number 14, both of the raw score of 84 and 83. I believe Emmett Thomas played for the, you know, there was a lot of players who we played on this list for the Arizona Cardinals. Really? Or the St. Louis Cardinals or the Chicago Cardinals. Right. There was a lot of players who were on uh, that list. I can't remember if um, Emmett Thomas played from uh, 1966 to 1978 he played his full career with the Kansas City Chiefs um and Mike Haynes played uh for the New England Patriots and the uh Oakland Raiders uh from 1976 to 1989 and those two guys just missed the cut John I know you're itching to talk about this man uh who came in number 15 our own Richard Sherman a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. Came in with a raw score of 80, so came in 10 points behind uh, Deion Sanders, who make the list. Do you want to give a quick shout-out to Richard Sherman? Yeah, so I think when it comes to – so Richard Sherman was on quite a few winning teams, right? He still is. He still is. Um, not nearly the player that he was, but I will say this about Richard Sherman. I probably would have argued if he made our top 11 – that I didn't think he belonged in the top eleven. Really, and I'll say I'll say why I think so. People forget just how complete that defense was. It wasn't just Richard Sherman. Well, it was Earl Thomas, it was Earl Thomas, it was Cam Chancellor, Cam Chancellor, Bobby, Bobby Wagner. Wagner. It, when you have other guys, especially two guys behind you at safety, it, it makes your job a lot easier. Um, he was very good at like one thing like he was very good in man coverage he couldn't play zone like very weird career for richard sherman okay um the length was there a, a, a good player don't get me wrong a good player um and he will be a hall of famer i'm sure one day I, he probably will be 
because of what he was part of the Legion of Boom, you know, right. like when you're part of those legendary teams. And he was the teams, standout. Yeah, he was a standout. When you're part of those legendary teams, right? You you tend to you tend to make a name. Right. When you when 20 years from now when people are talking about the Seattle Seahawks of the 2010s and you know, they're going to bring up two names. They're going to bring up Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman. And but but I just I want to give the shout out to the other guys too. Okay. Because Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas were no fucking slouch on that defense. Not at all. So he was part of a really good defense. I would have argued he 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 didn't belong in our top eleven, but Richard Sherman's still playing. So I mean, let's see where he lands. I mean, he's still unsigned. So. He's been to three Super Bowls so far in his career. Yeah, three, one and he, two in them. But he's been to three. He got killed in the San Francisco in the uh, yes he did in the city one. He got made a fool. Made a fool because he, he couldn't said. play. He couldn't play zone. He can only play man coverage. He can't play zone. Well, let's get back to our <laughs> let's, let's get back to our list here, and uh, at number four we have a player who I think, by my account, I would have thought would have been number one. Really? Yeah. But the algorithm said no, mm. so I'm talking about him now. And he's a player who, when I wrote down my list. He was the first player I wrote down because he, to me, in my mind, is the most notable cornerback to ever play the game. And that is Mel Blount. And Mel Blount played on the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers teams. He was a superstar in every sense of the word. Um, In a team where you had Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, the Steel Curtain, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Mel Blount. I'm telling you, Mel Blount stood out on those teams. He stood from that group alone, Joe Green, right? Me and Joe Green. He stood out on those teams. That's how good he was. Like, I don't need to watch film on Mel Blount because I've already seen it. And I've seen how good he was. He arguably had better hands than John Stallworth and Lynn Swan. It's <laughs> crazy. He on our list came comes at the top so far with 57 career interceptions over the course of his career. He played 14 years, all with the same Pittsburgh Steelers team. Played from 1970 to 1983. He is a uh, five-time Pro Bowler, um, a two-time All-Pro, a Hall of Famer, a four-time Super Bowl champion, um, and he is the part of the 1980s uh, All 80s team, and he was the 1975 Defensive Player of the Year uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And his raw score was 124. Correct. And his raw score was 124, coming in at number three. Mel Blount was just a freak of nature. He played in 19 career playoff games. Um, his passes defended and his tackles were not accounted for, obviously. Um, but in the playoffs, he only lost in the first round three times. Once in 1973, and then in his last two years in 30 in 1982 and 1983. But I mean, you know, just absolute freak of nature. He has four career uh playoff interceptions. Um, like I said, 19 career uh, playoff games. He has two fumble recoveries in those 19 career playoff games. So he's definitely made an impact uh, on those teams. But Mel Blount was another one of these 1970s corners. And I feel like we've gone, going over this list, right? We've got Willie Brown. We've got uh, 
Herb Adderley, we've got Mel Renfro, and now Mel Blount, who are all part of those 60s and 70s cornerbacks who were just, uh, and this is the last one in the 70s and 60s, so we could say this now. These guys were so good. Very good. They made impacts on their teams, right? Like, you know, like, I don't care what you tell me. A team that wins four Super Bowls in a decade, and you're a Hall of Famer from that team? Think about how good you have to be to be a Hall of Famer on that team. Yeah. Like. And to win four Super Bowls in a decade. It's insane. You don't see that. Think about this. They won more. Are you ready? I'm going to blow your mind right now. They won more in a decade than Tom Brady ever won in either the 2000s or 2010s. And think about how dominant Tom Brady and the Patriots were. The Steelers teams of those 70s were more dominant. They were better. And Mel Blount is a huge reason for that. Huge. His numbers are pretty amazing, too. 57 career picks in in an era where throwing the football was not a thing. When we do quarterbacks and we look at Terry Bradshaw's career numbers, you're going to be like struck because of how low his numbers, his career numbers are for a man that won four Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. It's going to blow your mind. I was, I was, I mean, I've looked at quarterbacks from that era and like even like early nineties quarterbacks and yeah, you're right. It's, it's shocking how low the numbers are. Right. So, and you, you know, again, limited opportunities and he guys still had almost 60 career picks just, a freak of nature, and I guarantee you, if you go to the city of Pittsburgh and you mention the 1970s Steelers teams in the defense, either the first or second name out of their mouth is Mel Blount. Drop, mic drop. That's it. <laughs> when we get back for our last segment, we are going three to one. Johnny will be on deck for three and number one, and I will take care of number two. So if you're not drinking yet, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. But get ready to have some fun. PSP on its way back. All right, John, we got our last we got our last segment here. The final three. The final three before we before we head out for this beautiful Saturday Saturday morning uh, here in uh, SI New York. Um, but let us get to number three, John. So number three on the PSP legend. A little bit of a shocker, I think. A little bit, but when you go, when you dig deeper, actually, when you really dig makes, deep, he's yeah. like unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Um, coming in at number three with a raw score of one twenty seven point five is Ty Law. Ty Law. So, I'm, before I get into a little bit about Ty Law, I'll just go through the numbers. Hall of Famer, five time Pro Bowler, two time All Pro, three time Super Bowl champ, part of the two thousands Hall of Fame team. Um, he played most of his career with the New England Patriots. He also dabbled with the Jets a little bit, Denver, Kansas City, right? Um. But Ty Law was a huge, huge part of those that Patriots dynasty. A hundred percent. People forget. So Belichick was always known for his defense, right? Coming over to New England, those early two thousands, that first dynasty, very, very much a defensive team. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Very much a defensive team. We're not even talking about the offense. They're, those Super Bowls were so close. All of them. Very close. The Rams was 20... I think it was 
No? Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. I think it was 2017, that Super Bowl. Okay. Then they beat the Carolina Panthers 31 to 28. Yeah. And then they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, was scores 20 to 19. Yeah. Very close and very, very defensive. Ty Law, I feel like, created the whole cornerback mindset for Bill Belichick, right? He was incredible. He was he was everything for them. And think about now, like, right? Like, so Belichick, they've always had, like, that alpha corner ever yeah. since Ty Law left, right? You had, like, uh, McCourty yeah. there for a so long time, and now it's Stephon Gilmore Who, who's there for a long time. It's fitting. Stephon Gilmore wears 24, which yeah. is the number Ty Law wore. Yeah, I it know. Just, it, it's crazy. So a, a couple of things about Ty Law. Um, let me just pull up my notes here. <laughs> so Ty Law was a huge part of those three Super Bowls. Um, in Super Bowl 36, he actually sealed the Super Bowl by a pick on Kurt Warner. No, did yeah, was that right? Yes, he picked off Kurt Warner to win the Super Bowl. Um, just just amazing. I mean, we go through his numbers, right? So he had a couple of seasons here where he had just crazy interception numbers. Um, 53 interceptions for his career, um, seven touchdowns. Uh, tackle numbers are a little low for Ty Law. Right. Um, 845 combined, 708 solo. Um not a lot of sacks, but a f- he was he might be one of the greatest cover corners ever. Oh, absolutely! Um, it, just a blanket his entire career. And he when he was one of those corners where and now that now we're getting into the age where you know passing in the league is starting to become more of a thing. Yeah, right. I feel like when Kurt Warner and the Rams, you know, burst onto the scene in the late nineties, early two thousands. That's really when the league started to transform from, you know, you need to run the football to win to, oh, shit, you could pass the ball 40 times a game and win. This Mm -hmm. is a thing. And when they started doing that, the good teams, the good teams, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, the 2001 New England Patriots, the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, and then you had the Patriots a couple more years. All of those teams have one thing in common. And we've already talked about one team with their cornerback. They took away one side of the football field. Yep. Ty Law, Rondé Barber, we already spoke about Rondé Barber. You could not throw on that side of the field. No. Imagine being, imagine taking out either Tory Holt or, you know, Isaac Bruce during that 2001 Super Bowl. Imagine doing it. Imagine being Ty Law and Bill Belichick comes into your office, not into your office, into to your locker and says, hey, Ty, in order to win this game, we're going to need you to, you know, really take out one of those, you know. Like really blanket one of those all-time greats. Right. Right. And I, I just, I can't imagine doing that. And I'm trying to get the stats for that Super Bowl. Um, let me see. Here we go. I got it right here. So they won 20 to 17 in that Super Bowl. And let me see. Can I get here we go? Let 
So in that Super Bowl, Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt combined for 10 catches and 100 yards. Combined. Insane. Okay? I don't want to hear. Think about how good Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce were. They're both in the whole, Bruce in the Hall of Fame. I don't mm. think Torrey Holt, Holt is not. He should be, but he's not. Isaac Bruce is in the Hall of Fame. Ty Law got t- cast with doing one of those jobs, and he held those guys to less than 50 yards receiving. Yep. Holt had 49. Bruce had 56. Mm. I apologize. By six yards, I was off. But like... My goodness. Ty Law had one pick for 47 yards in that game. He had seven tackles, one tackle for loss in that Super Bowl. Big numbers. And one pass defended. Blanketed them. Fantastic player. And and a, a all-time great Patriot. Absolutely. Has his number tied, I think, by the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. No, it doesn't. Not no, because what's his Gilmore. name more? Stephon Gilmore wears 24. Right. So, all right. I love who's number two on the list. Can number two. Number two and number one. Um, if you've been paying attention, I think you'll know where we're headed here. Number two is a player who is one of my favorite players of all time, honestly. Just inducted into the Hall of Fame. Actually. Yeah, just recently. This year. <laughs> this year? This year, 2021. Uh, Charles Woodson. Um, and Charles Woodson played from the years of 1998 to 2015. Um, let's go over the numbers for Charles Woodson, and then we'll talk about Charles Woodson because I think there's a lot of different things we can talk about with Charles Woodson. Okay? My man Charles Woodson uh, was just, as John mentioned, was just, induct- just inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler, a full-time or Pro. He won one Super Bowl title and that was with the Green Bay Packers in 2011, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is a member of the All-2000s team, and get this. He's a, he was the 1998 Defensive Rookie of the Year, okay? And then 11 years later, 11, more than a decade, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And isn't he one of the only uh, college players to win the Heisman? Like yes. A def- he was the first defensive college player to win the Heisman? I don't know if he was the first. He was one of them, He's which is hard to do. He played 1998 through 2005 with the Oakland Raiders, and then he played 2006 through 2012 with the Green Bay Packers, and then went back to Oakland for his last three seasons. My man, pots and pans, Charles Woodson, as Craig Carton would say, had a cornerback leading 65 career interceptions on our list. <laughs> 65 career INTs. And here is the guy who was very familiar. 13 touchdowns in his career, 11 via the interception, and two via the uh, fumble recovery. He had over 1,250 uh, tackles in the course of his career. Um, and he... You know, he had his share of injuries. Um, in 2002, the Raiders were in Super Bowl, lost to the Bucks, but Charles did not play in the Super Bowl because he was hurt in that Super Bowl. So he did not play in that Super Bowl. Um, in 2011, he played in the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl, but was 35 years old, was not a huge part of that Super Bowl, but he did play in one of those games. He didn't really record. He had one pass defender, didn't do anything special. But um, 
2011? In 2011. Yeah. 2002, he actually came back. He played seven games during the regular season. He came back and played in the Super Bowl, and he got a pick. Just after not playing for like three months. Yeah. Charles Woodson was just... He Charles was Woodson <clears throat> had uh, was a complete... A complete gamer. He played for 18 years in the NFL. Long time. 18 years. My goodness. Um, and he was just, you know, he never had over, he never had over 10 picks in any of the years, but he had a year, he had nine, he had eight, he had seven, he had seven. Um, passes defended. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years where he depended 10 passes or more. Um, and he had, uh, you know, it's funny, he only had one year. Um, where he had over 100 tackles, but he had 20 sacks in his career. So he did come off the edge a little bit. Um, you know, he was just a player who you looked at and you said, wow, Charles Woodson, he never like flashed anything, John, but he was yeah. always somebody who was just like, you know, we spoke about it with uh, with Champ Bailey, and we'll say it again here, um, just consistent. Very consistent. Guy you could count on week in and week out. Um, you knew what he was going to bring to the table. He excelled at his job. He played for a lot of winning teams on his career, you know, <clears throat> and um, rightly inducted to the Hall of Fame in th- uh, this past yes. year. This it was year. only a matter of time. Yeah, Charles Woodson. Coming in at number two. Now, John. Number you wanna, one. Do you want a, a drum roll? Um, and then the cage closing. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. We got another Woodson in here. With a raw score of 151.5. And I should say Charles Woodson's was 145. Yeah. So there was a you know a little bit of disparity. Um 151.5. So Rod Woodson. Quite the career. Um Yeah. Quite the career. Um should mention he started out as a corner. It's like Charles Woodson. They started out as corners, then transitioned to safety later in their career. He he did play. Like he played every every position, but he was really yeah, like you said, he was really good at corner. But he was also a very good safety. Yeah. Um. So let's go through Rod Woodson's numbers. Obviously, a Hall of Famer, an eleven-time Pro Bowler, Jesus Mary, a six-time All-Pro, a one-time Super Bowl champ, a nineteen ninety-three Defensive Player of the Year, and part of the nineteen nineties Hall of Fame team. So, Rod Woodson. When you watch his highlights, they actually he was what I've been alluding to where they talk they talk some shit about Dion. Rod Woodson was he would lay you the fuck out. <laughs> he did not care. He was on that Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. Right? Yes, yeah. he was an inc- and and it's funny because like he like you said he played corner for the Steelers, uh, an incredible player for the Steelers for a long time. Goes to the Ravens and is just as dominant as a safety. Um. He was so. Let me go through some stuff about him. All over the field, you watch him. Ball hawk. Mm-hmm. How many career oh, picks did he have? So he had, I think it was seventy-one career interceptions. Unbelievable. Twelve touchdowns returned for interceptions, which was the that's most. The all, highest that's on the most list. all time. Well, it's the most all time by a corner. Um, the most return yardage <laughs> by a corner. Um, he. Th- oh, I'm sorry. Third most. Third most interceptions overall in general. Right. Um. And what's funny is he's a very underrated punt and kick returner. Is that right? Very good punt and kick returner. He might actually be probably the best one out of his group. Um, he was just a gamer, man. A gamer. And those here, I'll go through some uh, some other numbers for him. So he's another one. They didn't record tackles. Sh- a shit ton of tackles. I mean, we're talking like 1,300 tackles. Yeah. Um, 
13 and a half sacks throughout his career. Um, 20 forced fumbles. That's a lot for a corner. 50. So they didn't start recording pass deflections until 1999. Right. And just from 1999 to 2003, 59. When did he start playing? Uh, he started playing in 1987. <laughs> um, so it's 12 years where his pass defenses were not accounted for. Yeah. So and he ma- my dude still had 59. Yeah. So the later, so like we're going to go back to this. So it's very interesting because he really, he was an amazing corner. He actually transitioned to free safety in 99 on those uh, Ravens teams. Mm-hmm. Like my God, like at 34, he had seven interceptions. At 37, he had eight interceptions and that's, two returns for a touchdown. That's sick. At 37 years old for the Oakland Raiders. He played the last two years of his career with the Oakland Raiders. He was a pro bowler at 37, Joe. What year was that? 2002. So that was the same year. So you're telling me this team had Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson in the back yeah. in their secondary in the yeah. two Unbelievable. Eight, eight interceptions. That's crazy. At 37. That's cool. Um, man, this guy was fantastic. And and watching the highlights on him was, was super fun to watch. Um, in the, he wasn't like a big, uh, wow, a ton of tackles in the, in the playoffs. So when they started recording them, he had over like a hundred tackles in the playoffs. Just in the playoffs. Just in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Um, that's, that's some goat stuff right there. Yeah. Like it just, you, you had to know where he was on the field. The guy's just an absolute beast. So he comes in at number one on our list. He was Ed Reed before Ed Reed. Oh man. I can't wait to talk about Ed Reed. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be fun. So folks. That is our cornerback list. We'll go through it one more time. Number 11, Dion Primetime Sanders. Number 10, Champ Bailey. Number 9, Willie Brown. Number 8 was Rondé Barber. Uh, number 7 was... Oh, boy. <laughs> My mind is eluding me. So, number no, number 8 was Rondé Barber. Number right. 7 was Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Number 6 was Herb Adderley. Number 5 was Mel Renfro. Number 4 was Mel Blount. Number 3... Was oh, oh my thing just moved. Ty Law. Uh, number three was Ty Law. Number two, Charles Woodson, and number one, Rod Woodson. Good list, very good list. Some household names, some non-household names. Yep. Some controversial spots for a couple of those guys. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm happy with it. Yeah, this was a good list. I'm happy with it. Now, my question I pose to you: Where do we go next? Hmm. I have a position in mind, but I want to know if you're on the same page as I am. Hmm. I have a position in mind. Is it on the offensive side of it the It is. Are we going to the running back? We are! Yes! Let's go. Yes! We are Let's going go. to the ground and pound. I tried to throw it in there a little bit today. It was like, oh, you know, back to the run that had to run the football a lot. So that is going to be one hell of a fucking list. Listen, you're going to see Emmett Smith. You're going to see Walter Payton. You're going to see Jim Brown. You're Adrian gonna, Peterson. You're going to see... Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> you're probably going to see Adrian Peterson on that list. You're going to see Barry Sanders, right? I will fudge the algorithm. So... That- <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you already know about four or five guys that are already going to be on that list, yeah. right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the latter part of those got where the latter part of that list comes from, and honestly, where those five guys land, right? Based off our algorithm, a uh, lot of Super Bowls with the running backs, a, a ton, a lot. So running backs is on deck next week, and then I think the week after that we'll go back to the defensive side of the ball and do linebackers. That sounds good to me. So I'll do some linebackers, mm-hmm. maybe some Ray Ray Lewis. Oh man, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I wonder where he's going to come in. That's an interesting one. 
Uh, oh, Joe just, Joe just flashed something. I won't spoil. Okay. If you, I don't think so. But you don't? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's undisputed, personally. Really? I do. Okay. I really do. We'll leave, we'll leave everybody with that Yeah, we'll leave tease. everybody with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll let you get back to your Saturday morning. Enjoy the weather outside. Make sure you get, you know, today's a good day to drink some White Claws and, you know, oh come on. You can't even tell me those aren't good. I drank one. All right. I'm not going to lie. I drank one White Claw and it was actually kind of tasty. I'm not saying I would like drink it all the time. Bro. I, I prefer, if I was going to drink something like that, I'd probably prefer like a sangria, you know, something nice. Nice well, and. White Claw. They're good. They're dangerous. This guy's married now and he's drinking White Claw. Bro, I got a bottle of of, uh, of tequila in the freezer at home. Okay. Oh, so don't, 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 oh all don't, right. Don't, all don't right, do right. that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't come, come on here and slander my name. Because I have a ring on my finger now. Don't do that. It's not nice. It's it's all right. I mean, whatever. Drink a <laughs> <wife>. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will be back next week. We're looking to go back on Thursday this week. We just had a little bit of complication this week, but hopefully we'll get back on Thursday. Look out for the Twitter. We will be counting down 11 to 1 starting today of the best cornerbacks of all time in the Legend Series. John, any last word, notes for the folks at home? No, nah, man. I'm good. You're good. All right. Listen, everybody, stay out there. Stay safe. Have fun. Enjoy this weather, and we will see you next week. PSP, out. <laughs>